Blog Talk Radio.
All right. Well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'm joined by my lovely wife, Tracy Herzog, tonight. We're just hanging out in the studio, worshiping the Lord, taking some time to surrender all to Jesus, counting our blessings, and we just keep counting and counting and counting. There's just a lot of blessings. You know, there's not enough words to describe all the blessings that the Lord has brought into our lives. But we're thankful. And you know, God really wants us to all have an attitude of gratitude towards the things, towards the people, towards everything that he's brought into our lives to just be gracious and grateful unto him. And so tonight, let's make that the focus of our affection and our attention, our worship tonight, to just honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords for all that he is and all that he's given us and all that he's done. Praise God. Well, Father, tonight in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just give you all the praise and the glory. Lord, we give you all the honor. Lord, we thank you for every good thing, every good and perfect gift, Father. Your word says comes from above and Lord, that you reward us continually, that you are the good provider, Jehovah Jireh, that, Lord, you give and give and give, pressed out, shaking together, running over, where our barns are bursting with plenty, and there's not room enough to receive it. You said even our storehouses would be filled. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are true to your word. Father, we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor, Lord, for everything that you are and everything that you've done in our lives. Father, tonight, Lord, we ask your will be done. Father, your kingdom come. Lord, your plans and your purposes come forth, Father, in every person's life tonight. Come forth in our lives tonight. Father, that we would give you glory in our words, in our actions, in everything from our lives, everything in our lives, would just be an honor and a praise to you. Lord, we thank you, Father, for your holy word tonight. Lord, we know that all scripture is given by inspiration of your Holy Spirit. Lord, it's all profitable. Lord, all scripture is God-breathed. Lord, we know that you breathe your spirit and your life, your truth into this word. We thank you, Father, for giving it to us, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for everything. And Lord, thank you for loving us, Lord, even when we tend to be loved. Lord, thank you for loving us and showing mercy on us when we needed it the most. And, Lord, we just give you the praise. Lord, help us to be merciful, gracious people. Lord, help us to be forgiving people. Help us to be loving people. And, Lord, help us to not hide the the offense or hide the the bitterness, the, the unforgiveness, resentments in our heart, Lord, as we collect, Father, the debris from the world. Every day when we're out in the world, Lord, it's easy for us to pick up that debris. But, Father, blow your spirit into our lives. Blow the dust out. Blow the clutter out. Blow the debris out, Father. Clean us up, Lord, like only you can do. And make us holy by your blood and through your precious word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, tonight, I have no idea where we're going, uh, but I know this is not where we're at, but it's where we're going to finish, and God's calling us to be finishers. He's calling us to be conquerors. You know, he's a good God, and if you don't know him, you really need to get to know him. If you're not in a place where you can hear his voice if you're not in a place where you have fellowship with him. You know, sometimes finding those set times in prayer with the demands of the day and our busy schedule, sometimes for many people that can be a hard thing for all of us. But God wants us to have constant fellowship with him throughout the day. It's not about just having a set time or having a set place, although that's good if you do. But it's about having a continual relationship with him where we're walking and talking with the Lord. 
where we're including him and acknowledging him in everything that we do and say. Whenever we're about our daily business, we realize that we're ultimately about the Father's business. That everywhere we go, he is in us. Everywhere we go, he is with us. Every time we speak, he can hear us. Every time we think, he knows our thoughts. And just having a constant awareness of God be with us, God before us. If God before us, no one can be against us. It doesn't matter the opposition. It doesn't matter your accusers. It doesn't matter who loves you or hates you because you know what? If Jesus loves you, if the Father loves you and you, you know it, and you're in a right relationship with him, guess what? There's only one person's opinion that's going to matter on that day. And when it comes to eternity, which, you know, 40, 50, 80, 100 years in this life, whatever you've got left, whatever you're granted, is nothing. It's just a blink of an eye compared to eternity. And the only person's opinion that's going to matter is Jesus's, the Father's, the Holy Spirit's. And what they have to say, what they have to speak and declare over your life, what their opinion of you is. And so tonight, let's cast off our thoughts, cast off our opinions, lay aside all those weights and the sins that easily beset us, and let's look unto Jesus. It's easy to get distracted. It's easy to to miss the mark. You know, our, our lives every day as we are about the things of the world and we're dealing with people and we're dealing with just everyday life, it's so easy to get set off or distracted or or to think and to do and to say things that may not honor or please God. We all fall short. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means all, everybody. Jesus said there's not one righteous, not one. No one's good but God. And so we need God. We need his righteousness. We need his mercy. We need his guidance. We need his direction. We need his love in our lives. Why? It is possible to go through this life without ever knowing him. But it can be a miserable existence. You know, God is calling. He wishes, he desires that all men come near, that all women, all children, all teenagers, everybody that has an ear to hear, that they would hear what the Spirit is saying. And God's calling us to himself with open arms, with arms wide open not just Jesus on the cross with arms wide open but the Holy Spirit drawing us on a daily basis come, come, come unto me all you who are heavy laden and I will give you rest Jesus said it means whatever your burdens are whatever your pressures are whatever circumstances whatever situations you're facing in life whatever mess you're facing God wants to turn it into your message. Whatever trial or fire you're going through, the reason he says consider it pure joy is because if we can walk with him, if we can honor him, if we can keep his commandments, if we can follow after him, there's a reward. There's a joyous reward that comes with it. There's the reward of his presence. There's the reward of eternity. There's the reward of good health. And yeah, we all go through things. But you know, the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging for bread. The only reason people fail, the only reason people lack is disobedience to God. Somewhere down the line, they missed it. Somewhere down the line, they chose to do their own thing, and they reaped what they sowed. It threw a wrench in the plan. It slowed down the process. Just like any time you stick something in the gears, it's going to bring some things to a screeching halt or slow it down or mess it up, one of the two. A lot of times when we stick our opinions 
and our thoughts, our plans in the middle of something, rather than seeking God out for his, it messes the whole deal up. Now, God is sovereign. He can fix anything. God is sovereign. He can use the good, the bad, the ugly of your life to bring glory and honor. He can use what the devil meant for bad to to, to bring good. But sometimes there's still repercussions. Sometimes there's still... What's that word? There's chastising. There's penalties for sin. There's things that we go through, and because of our own choices in life, it actually hinders us. It actually hurts us. It actually distracts or derails or detours us from the perfect will of God. Now, it's not to say God didn't know already what choices we were going to make or how we were going to react or how we would respond, but the truth is the Bible says you reap what you sow. Whatever you put into, you're going to get a, a harvest. Whatever you sow into in your life, it's going to bear some type of fruit, good or bad. I mean, you can even take lemons and make it lemonade. So not everything is, is completely forsaken. Not everything is a train smash, so to speak. There are good things that can come out of our even our wrong choices at times because, see, we learn from our mistakes. Or we should be learning from our mistakes. So God can use even those things to be a blessing later on. But God is calling us to a higher place with him. He's calling us to a higher way of thinking, a different perspective, if you will. The only way you're going to get your eyes and your mind and your thoughts on that perspective is to reposition yourself and align yourself with heaven, align yourself with, with God's way of thinking. Begin to fill your head with the thoughts and the words and the ideas of God. Begin to fill your heart with the wisdom and the character and the goodness of God. Begin to open yourself up to the spirit of God and not the spirit of rebellion or the spirit of this world, but the Holy Spirit. And as you begin to align yourself, and I've used this example, my, my wife frequently goes to the chiropractor. She had an accident back in February, and as a result, things got kind of misaligned. Got, things got out of whack, things in her back, things in her neck, things here and there. There was a displacement of things in her body which caused pain. A displacement of things in her body which caused things to not function properly. And actually kept her from doing her everyday activities or made it a lot harder for her to do the things that she was purposed to do. Now we're talking about a physical misalignment there. But if we back up and we use that as a parable as an allegory, as something we can compare to. Spiritually speaking, when your life is misaligned, when your life is out of whack and out of alignment, when you are misadjusted in your thinking and in your spirit and in your way of doing things, it brings an imbalance and it causes things not to function properly. All of a sudden, it slows you down. All of a sudden, you can't do what you were purposed to do. Next thing you know, it's bringing pain and suffering into your life, all because of a misalignment, all because things aren't adjusted in your life. And spiritually, we go through this stuff all, all the time. It, it's one thing to know about it when you feel it, and you got to go to the chiropractor because you feel that way, but it's another thing when it's spiritual. We don't always think that way. We don't always think on those terms until... All of a sudden, we start experiencing the pain and the suffering. All of a sudden, we wonder why things just aren't working out the way we thought they would. All of a sudden, we don't see the the fulfillment of the plans and purposes happening. And nine times out of ten, it all goes back to a misalignment in your life, a misadjustment. Something in your life is not aligned with God. 
Either you're speaking, either you're thinking, either you're doing something that God never purposed for your life, that God never approved of for your life, God never instructed you to do. Or you're speaking or thinking something that's not in line with what we call the spiritual man. It's not a spiritual way of thinking. It's a carnal way. A carnal, a a worldly, fleshly, earthly way of thinking. And sometimes it could be just earthly and fleshly, or sometimes it could be flat out demonic. It really just depends on how far you let your thinking go. So we pray for wisdom. We pray for God's kingdom to come. We pray, God, your will be done. But how do we bring the kingdom into our lives? How do we fulfill God's plans and purposes in our lives? One of the first issues is this. God says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. My, in fact, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And that's the problem right there. Because see, in Christ, what Christ did, when he was crucified, his blood was shed, his spirit was given, it was to restore back, to redeem back, to bring back the original intent that God had for man. What happened with Adam and Eve in the garden? They lost their place with God. They were seated in heavenly places. They were walking in full authority and dominion. They were experiencing the blessings and the goodness of God minute by minute. And all of a sudden, they got out of alignment. They disobeyed. They did their own thing. They did the devil's thing. All of a sudden, they stopped listening to God and started doing something completely different. They got their lives misaligned. But what Jesus came to do was restore what the enemy took away. Jesus came and and what he did in the Garden of Gethsemane was to restore the fallen man that, that happened in the Garden of Eden. The Bible says if you're in Christ, you're seated with him in heavenly places, and at that point you're a joint heir with Christ, which means whatever God purposed for him. And this goes past some people's thinking and theology, but whatever God purposed for Christ, he wants to purpose for you. See, God sowed his son, Jesus, because he wanted a family. He wanted sons and daughters back so that they could partake in the glory, they could partake in the abundance, they could partake in the blessings that God has ordained for those that love him. See, God has prepared so many wonderful things for us that sometimes we don't even realize what they are. Sometimes we don't even realize what's in the mind of God. The Bible says that no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those that love him. So the question is, do you love him? Jesus said it like this, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And if you keep my commandments, then your joy will be full. Your joy will be full. So how do you stay happy in this Christian life? Obey God. Obey God. We don't obey him out of a sense of duty. We don't obey him out of a sense of somebody told us to. But because we love him, we don't want to hurt him. Because we love him, we want him to be pleased. And sometimes we can get so far out there in our thinking and our carnal minds that that's the farthest thing from our thinking. And sometimes we do and say and 
and act and think in ways that we don't even acknowledge God in our thinking. Big mistake for all of us. Because what that does, it puts us out of alignment. It robs us from the blessings of the kingdom. It takes away from the things that God intended for us. But Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And if you keep my commandments, then your joy will be full. One of his commandments was this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And in fulfilling these two, he said, hangs all the law and the prophets. Just If you would just keep these two commandments, the, the other ten, and the words that the prophets spoke would be easy to do. It would be an overflow, a byproduct of keeping these two. Because see, if you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and if you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to steal from your neighbor if you love your neighbor as yourself. You're not going to curse God if you love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You're going to honor your mother and father like the commandments tell you. You're not going to want to go kill your neighbor if you love your neighbor as yourself. You'll want to keep the days, the Sabbath day, holy. And every day being a Sabbath, a day of rest, a day where you honor and acknowledge God. Why? Because you love him. So how do we get this love? How how do we love Jesus? How do we get to love? Well, Jesus said it like this. The Holy Spirit sheds love abroad in our hearts. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's where love comes from. By the Spirit. By the Spirit. No man can come to God unless the Spirit draw him, right? No woman, no child, no teenager, nobody can come to God unless the Spirit draw him. So we need the Spirit of God. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need to encounter and experience the Holy Spirit because he's the one that's bringing the love. The fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience. And the way it's written is the fruit of the Spirit is love. From that love comes joy and peace and patience. It's all a byproduct of love. Faith, the Bible says, works by love. And not only is it a fruit of the Spirit, it's also a gift of the Spirit. Love, the greatest of these gifts is love, Corinthians 13. Jesus said, without love, you're nothing. Well, how do you get to love? By the Spirit. By the Spirit. You have fellowship with the Spirit. You yield yourself to the Spirit of God. You seek out the Spirit of God. Did you know that the Spirit of God is running to and fro throughout the earth looking for hearts that are fully His? He's running. He's seeking to and fro. Looking, looking, looking. He's looking for hearts. He's looking for men and women. He's looking for whosoever will. But you know, in like manner, he wants us to be seeking his face. David said it like this in the Psalms. He said, Lord, when you said, seek ye my face, I said, Lord, your face, O Lord, will I seek. And God wants us to seek to be looking for him, to be running after him, to be searching after him. He's the pearl of great price. He's the hid treasure, the treasure that we seek. He wants to be our everything, our all in all. He wants to be 
who he is. Where everything that we have, everything that we are, everything that we need, everything that we think, every essence that comes from us is from him. And then everything else is just a byproduct. Everything else is just an overspill of our relationship and our experience, our love for him, our encounter with him. From the way we treat people to the way we do our everyday business. Offer his glory, offer his honor. Is this easier said than done? Yes. Is it a challenge to live like this? Of course it is. Can it be done? I believe it can. I believe it's progressive. I believe it's a day-to-day thing. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you will serve. And who you choose today may not be who you choose tomorrow. That's why one day we can walk in a blessing and the next day we can miss it and end up with a repercussion or a chastisement or an issue or a circumstance. The goal is to choose God every day. The goal is to honor God every day and to follow and obey Him every day. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus said, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. There's many people that are willing. They want to, but not everybody gets to. And some people are just told that they have to, but they're never at that place in their heart where they really want to. But see, the more time you spend with the Lord, the more you meditate on his love for you. See, the Bible says we love him. Why? Because he first loved us. It's God's love that leads us to repentance. It's God's love that breaks us and remakes us. It's God's love that shakes us to the core and and exposes us and shows us just how wretched and wicked and sinful we can be. But it's that same love puts a desire inside of us to want to do better, to want to be obedient, to want to be godly, disciplined children instead of rebellious sons and daughters of disobedience. And it happens all the time. It's happened in my life. Where we get our eyes off the love of God and then we start missing the mark. We forget about how much God loves us and we get so focused on the cares of the world that it chokes out the word of God within us. But we love him because he first loves us. So how do we get this love? Yielding to the Holy Spirit, seeking out God, meditating on his word, praying. Sometimes all these disciplines sound like so much stuff to do. And it's not about how much you do the stuff. It's just a matter of conditioning your mind to think like him. And hiding the word in your heart so that you don't sin against him. It's not, oh, did you read your three and a half chapters today? Well, now you're spiritual. But it's, did you meditate on the word enough and get it inside your heart enough to where when you're faced with those choices, you're faced with temptations, you're faced with circumstances, you choose to honor and obey God? It's not about, did you pray for an hour today? But did you hear his voice when he was speaking? Did you follow him when he was leading? Did you do what he said to do? Say what he says to say? Did you pray what he says to pray? Did you? And it's not measured by how much time you spend with him, but it's a matter of how much of your heart does he have? How much of his heart do you have? That's the issue. For some people, 10 minutes and they melt like butter in the presence of the Lord. For some people, they're so hardened and and rock hard. It may take 10 hours. It may take 10 months. It may take 10 years. Everybody's different. 
the question is, is how much of your heart does he have and how much of his heart do you have? He's looking for hearts that are fully his. Is your heart fully his? Is your heart fully his? What in your life are you trying to hold on to that's causing you to miss what God's trying to hand to you? What are you holding on to so tight with both your hands? No, Jesus, I won't let this go. Meanwhile, he's trying to hand you some blessing or hand you some position or hand you a, a just a total life change. But because your hands are full, you can't grab it. You can't receive it. You can't hold on to it. You can't take it from them. Who owns your heart? Who owns your heart? Who has your heart? God is calling us to a higher place where we desire to think and and act and do like he does. You know why Jesus said, be perfect like I'm perfect? It wasn't that he was saying, look, don't ever sin, ever. Don't ever mess it up. If that was the case, Peter would have been disqualified. If that was the case, Paul never would have been chosen. But he was perfect because his heart towards God was pure. He was willing to do whatever the Father told him to do. He was willing to go wherever the Father said to go. His heart towards God was perfect. And that's how he wants your heart to be, where you're just willing. Because when you're willing and obedient, you're you're going to eat the good of the land. Are you willing? The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So how do we kill the flesh? How do we kill that flesh? How do we put the flesh to death? Hiding the word in our hearts. Hiding his word in our hearts. Meditating on his word. That's one way. Making a conscious effort to, before you make a choice or make a a word come out of your mouth or, or choose to do or say anything, check it with God first. Check it. Run it by Jesus. Lord, do you approve of this? Is this okay? Now, for some of you, that may seem legalistic or overbearing or a little too hokey or a little super spiritual. But listen. Only one person's opinion is going to matter on that day, and it's his. And when they bust out the DVD or whatever they have in heaven, and they put it on replay, and they replay your life, and you're sitting there looking at it, and the angels and the elders and everybody in heaven is critiquing your life, saying, "What, what was going on here? Why'd you make that choice? Or why'd you do this? Or what happened here? What, what, you tell me in your own words, son or daughter, what were you thinking at this moment? And it's not that he doesn't know what you were thinking already. It's like when he asked Adam, Adam, where are you? Well, God knew where Adam was. I guarantee you the couple little fig leaves that they sowed over each other to hide themselves were not keeping God out of the picture. Listen, we're talking about an omnipresent, all-powerful, omnipotent, omniscient, all-knowing God who knows and sees and he knows exactly what's going on all the time. Sometimes he just wants to hear you say it. It's like a parent that knows their child did something wrong And they just want to call him to confession sometimes. They just want to call him to it, call him to accountability. And there's going to be a day of reckoning.
when you get called to accountability, and he's going to say, what what exactly was going on in your head during this moment here? And don't you want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant? That's exactly what I would have done. Or you did exactly what I told you to do here. I'm so proud. I'm so happy. I'm so pleased. I do. Now, has that been the the case in my life thus far? Not always. Definitely not. Have I missed it, messed it, blown it? Of course I have. Many times. Over. But the Bible says, today, if you hear his voice, choose you this day. His mercies are new every day. We don't have to live in the past. We don't have to keep going astray. We don't have to keep walking down the wrong path. We can choose not to lose. We can choose to get on God's side. And if you're on God's side, you're on the winning side. And God made you to be a winner. God made you to win. Did you know that? He made you more than a conqueror. He he said, look, you're an overcomer through the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And don't you want the word of your testimony to be pleasing and acceptable unto God? The words of your mouth, the meditation of your heart, be pleasing and acceptable to God? I know I do. I've got to start somewhere. You've got to start somewhere. Everybody's got to start somewhere. So, I'm going to close in prayer. I just want you to think about what we talked about. I didn't get into the Word. I'm going to bust out a chapter of the Word here in a minute. We're going to close in prayer. And then we are going to get into the word. This was the introduction. So, Father, (laughs) just kidding. That was actually the message. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just give you praise, Lord. We thank you for your word, Lord. Whatever your spirit spoke to the hearts of these men and women tonight, and spoke to my heart and Tracy's heart, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you could even use people, Lord. You could use us to declare your truth. That in itself, Lord, is a miracle. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for all your goodness, Lord, and I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in the lives of your children. Father, that you're calling even those that don't know you to yourself. And, Father, we pray tonight that if anyone doesn't know you, Lord, you would reveal yourself to them in a mighty way. Open up their hearts, Lord. Take the blinders off their eyes. Let them see through all the religious nonsense that's out there in the world and just get to the heart of the matter and see that your heart is full of love for them and that you just want a no-nonsense life for them where they don't have to suffer because of the choices and the sin and the stuff that they're engrossed in, Lord, and that we all go through, Lord. We've all been there. But, Lord, you're calling us, Lord, to a free life in Christ, a life of love, a life of peace, a life of joy. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would fill every man, every woman tonight, Lord. Fill us all tonight, Lord, with your glorious spirit, Lord, with your love. Lord, help our affections and our thoughts and our meditations be on you. And help us to obey you. Father, we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. We just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, it's 11 o'clock. It's probably a good time to take a little break. 
I want to read one chapter of the Word, and then we're going to wrap it up tonight. Just one chapter. I'm just going to read a psalm. And I'm going to read... I'm going to read Psalm 86. Psalm 86. All right, so Psalm 86 says this. Father, speak to us tonight, Lord. It says, Bow down your ear, O Lord, and hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou, my God, save thy servant that trusts in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplication. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods, little g, little gods, not real gods, but fake gods. Among the gods, there is none lacking unto thee. O Lord, neither are there any works like your works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come to worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. For thou art great, and doest wondrous things, thou art God alone. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God... The proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul, and have not set thee before them. Thou, O Lord, our God, are full of compassion. You're gracious, you're long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn unto me, and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant, and save your son of your handmaid. Show me a token for good that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed, because you, Lord, have helped me and comforted me. That's Psalms 86. I'm going to run through it briefly, and I want to just kind of stress a couple things. And then we're going to close with this. It's going to be real short. Psalm 86 says, Bow down your ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. David knew his, his bankruptcy in his soul. He knew he was poor, he was needy. Well, he was spiritually bankrupt. And there's a vacuum in all of us that, that's crying out for some fulfillment. And David was crying out to God. He says, preserve my soul, for I am holy. My God, save your servant that trusts me. He says, be merciful unto me, for I cry unto thee daily. And you need to cry out daily to God. You need to cry out daily to God to have mercy on your soul. Learn to trust in the Lord. Rejoice the soul of your servant, for unto thee do I lift up my soul. See, he said, Lord, let me rejoice. Fill my soul with joy. We were just talking about that. How do you have joy? Keep his commandments. For thou, O Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy. Undo all them that call upon thee. God's ready to forgive if you'll just ask him. He's plenteous in mercy if you'll just come to him. He says, all that call upon me. Hey, it's done. It's done. It's finished. Jesus said it's finished. And my wife can bake one heck of a pie, by the way. You should see this thing. 
looks delicious. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend to the voice of my supplication. Sorry, priorities. Attend to the voice of my supplications. Give ear to my prayer. See, David David acknowledged the fact that he was talking to God. He was praying to God. He was supplicating unto his God. He says, in the day of my trouble, I'll call unto thee, and you will answer me. What does Jeremiah 33, 3 says? It says, call unto me, and I'll answer you, and show you great and mighty things that you don't know anything about. But you've got to call. If you call, Jesus will pick up the phone. If you call, if you'll call, he'll pick up the phone. You're never going to get a busy signal with God. Remember that. God's got call waiting. That's right. God's got call waiting. He's waiting on you to call. Remember that. Among the gods there is none like thee, O Lord. This is verse 8 of 86. And then there's little g. Among the gods there is none like thee. Neither are there any works like your works. Nothing can be compared to the Lord. Nothing, 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 no one, nada. Period. All nations whom you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord, and shall glorify your name. He says, look, one day every knee is going to bow. One day every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of the glory of God the Father. It might as well be on this side of eternity. You know why? Trust me, you want your knee to bow, and you want your tongue to confess Jesus, confess the Lord on this side of eternity, because there's going to be a day when you're forced to do it, and it's not going to be a pretty day. Do it willingly. Do it willfully. Spirit is willing. Flesh is weak. But crucify that flesh by hiding the word in your heart so you don't sin against them. When you hide his word in your heart, you meditate day and night on his word, what does it do? It renews your mind. It casts down vain imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. It casts it down. It, it cleanses you. Jesus said, you're clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Which means... There's a power in the Word of God that has the ability to clean you up. Clean up your stinking thinking. So he says this, For you are great, verse 10, we're almost done. You are great and you do wondrous things. You are God alone. Alone means alone. In other words, there's no other God. doesn't mean God's alone. Heaven's filled with people, angels, elders, beasts, all kinds of things. So he's not alone, but he's God alone, which means there's no one like him. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord, God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forevermore. See, God's looking for hearts that are fully his. And David was saying, I'll praise you with all my heart. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. With all your heart. That means with everything within you. Is he at the forefront of your mind? Is he at the beginning of your day? Is he in the middle of your day? Is he at the end of your day? Is he somewhere in your day? He needs to be. He wants to be. It's your choice, whether he is or not. Great is your mercy towards me. Thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. Wasn't that a good day? We all need to be delivered from the lowest hell. Sometimes life, sometimes this life feels like hell. And we need God to step into it and deliver us from it. Oh God, the proud are risen against me. Assemblies of violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. He said, look, all these people don't even think about you and they're against me. Man, we all go through that on some kind of level. 
But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious long-suffering, plenteous in mercy and truth. If you love God, he's going to show you compassion and mercy. If you're running after him, guess what? He's going to run after you. If you're drawing near to him, he's going to draw near to you. Let's try it. Turn unto me, verse 16. we got two more verses. Turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give your strength unto your servant. And save the son of your handmaid. Show me a token for good. That they which hate me may see it and be ashamed. Because thou, Lord, hast helped me and comforted me. David said, look, bless me so much, God. I put so much mercy and compassion and love inside of me that the people that hate me they just feel bad about it. That's why Jesus said, love your enemies. Pray for those that despitefully use you. Bless those that curse you. Why? Because that's the way of the kingdom. That's the way of a king's kid. We don't do things like the world. Our, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. We need to get into his ways. So let's pray. It's 11-11. Good time to slow the things down. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Psalm 86. We didn't even know we were going there. I just kind of flipped the Bible up in Lord, and it fell to that, so that was a very timely word. Thank you for the message tonight, Lord. Father, bless those that are listening. Bless those that are listening by archive or live or however they're listening. Work in their lives in a mighty way. Work in our lives in a mighty way. Get glory and honor out of our life, everyone's life. And we just give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog. I'm usually your host every other night. Sometimes that changes. But, you know, Sean Holmberg should be on tomorrow night. Maybe we'll have a few guests. I don't know. The internet, you can check us out on the web, www.prayerinternational.org. You can give us a call sometime at 619-638-8458, only between 10 and 12 Central Standard Time. That's when the show's on. Otherwise, I don't really know what you get on the other hours. But 10 to 12, you can call that number. It'll bring you into the show. And uh, you can always email us. You can always email us at prayer at prayerinternational.org. And we're praying for you, and we pray that God blesses you tonight. And you have a blessed and wonderful evening. In Jesus' name, amen.